Well, this morning, my brothers and sisters, I'd like to focus on our second reading from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans. Uh, but before I do that, I'll just kind of start very briefly with the, go- with the gospel and tie it back into the second reading. Jesus says, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Christ's act of journeying to Mount Calvary and the sacrifice that he made uh, on Mount Calvary and really the sacrifice of that entire passion sequence starting from Thursday night going through Friday uh, was a great act of love on his part for God and it was a very much a, a bodily endeavor. Uh, he was in prison, he was beaten, he was spit upon, he was scourged, uh, he was uh, prated naked possibly or, or almost naked in front of uh, hundreds if not thousands of people. He had to withstand a court of law. He had to withstand and, and set his face against uh, vast crowds of people who wanted to see his blood. And, uh, and very in a very heroic manner, he endured all of that. And he went to the cross and he died a very excruciating death. And he did that out of love for God and out of love for us. Uh, and it was a very bodily endeavor. Now, this is where I tie it into our second text here. It says, from St. Paul, says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. There are saints in our tradition who have offered their bodies to God as a living sacrifice in a very dramatic way, like something similar to how Christ did it. There's very there's ancient um, ascetics that did great acts of penance with their bodies. There are countless numbers of martyrs who literally shed their blood out of love for God and uh, out of devotion to Christ. There are missionaries who have traversed continents and, and countries and have slept on the ground and have eaten the native foods of the peoples that they were evangelizing. I think of St. Francis Xavier, one of the greatest missionaries in the world. He went to India and, uh, and I believe China and I think Japan as well. And he was a tireless uh, evangelist, almost night and day without, without pause. He preached and he catechized and he baptized. He baptized tens of thousands of people. Very, very physically rigorous, bodily heroic endeavors, offering his body to God as a living sacrifice. But what about us? Maybe we are not going to be called to to be a martyr. Maybe we're not going to be called to be a missionary and do these great works with our bodies. But everything we do in our life does involve our body. And we can offer it to God as a sacrifice if we offer it in love. It's a a simple formula. It's a simple um, recipe for following St. Paul's instructions here in Romans. Uh, I think of St. Therese, the little flower. Now, in contrast to all these other kinds of saints that we have in our tradition who did great things that were very similar to, to Jesus' great physical bodily sacrifice, St. Therese, she, she didn't live a long life. She only lived to age 24. She was in the convent. She was a cloistered nun. She was in a convent from 16 to 24, so about eight years. She was not known by anybody, really, except her family members and the, and the few sisters that were uh, in, in the, in the uh, convent with her. 
She probably moved all of a distance, you know, in contrast to St. Francis Xavier, who went from Europe to India to China to Japan. She moved probably a total of 80 feet in her life, a very circumscribed, narrow space that she lived in. She uh, didn't do any great penances, although, of course, she lived a life of penance and sacrifice as, as a cloistered nun, but nothing notable, nothing bloody. <laughs> she wasn't a martyr, okay? Uh, but what she taught was called the little way, and everything that she did, every moment of her day, from the time that she woke up to putting her sandals on, to uh, brushing her teeth, to saying hi to her uh fellow sisters in the morning, whatever it is that she did, any physical thing that we do, it's almost hard to think of something that we do that doesn't involve the body. But every single bodily act she did, she did as a child of God, a recipient of God's love, and then as a simple return to God of that love that he's given to us. And thereby she grew in holiness. And in eternity, I don't know, but you take these great saints, like maybe some saint, great ascetic from the ancient church, like St. Simon, Simon Stylitis or St. Anthony the Great. Uh, you take the great missionary, St. Francis Xavier. Is St. Therese as holy as these guys who did these great, you know, heroic, notable, public bodily acts? It very well could be. Is she even holier than them? It very well could be. I don't know. God knows. We'll know in eternity. Uh, but in any event, it's very much possible that she is as holy or holier than them. Because holiness is measured by the intensity of love with which we live our lives. And every bodily act we do, we can do in love for God. Does anybody drive a car here? I know I drive a car. What do you, you guys drive a car? Okay. Does driving a car involve the body? I hope so. Okay. If you're driving. Google's getting pretty advanced if uh, there's no bodily involvement in the driving of your car. Uh, what about eating breakfast? Anybody eat here? I eat occasionally. You guys eat? Okay, that involves the body, does it not? What about things that maybe, you know, little little penitential things, like, you know, at work you got to put up with an annoying coworker. okay? Has anybody ever had to do that? That, that involves the body, right? you got to smile at someone maybe you don't feel like smiling at, Okay. Uh, I think of a story from the life of St. Therese, a, a very humorous story. Uh, there was a time during out throughout their day and their daily spiritual exercises where they would all be kneeling side by side and they would it was a time of silence for about 45 minutes or an hour. They were engaged in mental prayer. It was total silence. It was supposed to be, you couldn't hear a pin drop. The sister that was assigned to kneel right next to her, and it was the same person every single day that she had to deal with, would grind her teeth. Okay, now that... It was it was driving her nuts. It was absolutely driving her nuts. And after a few months, she, she something changed in her. Something clicked, and she started to offer it to God as a sacrifice of love. And uh, you know, after Therese died, she died of tuberculosis, and her process of canonization was up. They were interviewing the different sisters about Therese's life, and they testified, "Yes, she she was a very penitential, very holy." Uh, person and this particular sister who was annoying to her uh, testified the same and said I, she was very very kind to me in fact truth be told I think that I was probably her favorite sister in the convent I don't want to boast but okay so in, in that case we can see how Therese was able to uh, through love overcome that that annoyance annoyances that we that we encounter all the time what about 
We have an urge to gossip. Anybody ever get to have an urge to gossip? Does it involve the body resisting that urge? It does. What does that mean? Just zipping the lips, right? That's a bodily thing. You can offer that to God in love. Driving your child to music lessons, feeding your three-year-olds. If you're a student, just placing your body in a single place, you know, without any distractions and focusing on studying for that exam that you've got to do. Whatever it might be, my brothers and sisters, we know everything, almost everything we do in our throughout the day involves the body. And when we offer that bodily act to God out of love as a recipient of God's love and as someone who's returning that love to God, we're following St. Paul's injunction here. We are offering our bodies to God as a living sacrifice which is pleasing to him, and that is our spiritual worship, and thereby we grow in holiness.